0: And welcome to the End Time Shofar, End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. Um, tonight's podcast will be dealing with vampires, demons, and spirits of the Nephilim, part one. Uh, we'll be doing, um, realistically, between a one to two-part se- series, or even up to three parts. Uh, primarily, we to just build a foundation, um, part one, and just take it from there. But reason why we're dealing with this particular topic in this podcast is because in pop culture, um, vampires are quite popular and is growing in popularity due to the fact that the media has been utilized with movies, with um, books, with um, television, several other things and all. Uh, even with books, you can go to any Barnes and Noble, you can go to a young adult or a teen section, in the fantasy section, and there's several different things that have occult themes and with vampires and other things. And then even we can look at this fascination with vampires has been taking place over, I want to say, the last 20 to 30 years. Um, we can go all the way back to Anne Rice when she was writing books Um, vampires. Um, One of her books was, went to um, the Hollywood silver screen called Interview with the Vampires, starring um, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Um, We can also move forward in television where um, the WB came out with the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer that was taken from the initial movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer starring Christy Swanson. Um, when the movie came out, the movie was a little bit more lighthearted and it's comedy. Um, however, when the actual television series came out, it was much more darker, had much more occult type themes and other things and all. Um, also, too, when we look um, Buffy had formed a relationship, a romantic relationship with a vampire, which goes in the guidelines of what we see in Genesis chapter six, where these fallen angels come down upon Earth and they start mating with human women. So that's a connection there. And then we fast forward to the Twilight series um, written by Stephanie Myers, who um has her books, but the books turned into movies, which um has made it also popular. And then even with the um television series such as Vampire Diaries and True Blood. So um we can see also too how this is spinned off where we have real life vampires who are are either in clans or within covens and it's definitely connected to the cult. So we wanna look at some of the foundation of um, these things and how it goes all the way back um, in regards to the days of Noah, which Jesus, Yeshua had told us as in the days of Noah. So when we move on Nephilim and the vampire connection. What I found um, from studying that some of the vampire covens take their origins from the Nephilim. Um, they believe that they are the offspring of a half-breed, children and half angelic and half human. These covens base this on the supposed origins of vampires in Egypt and the Bible. In the book of Genesis, in chapter six, there is an account of pre-flood days of Noah. At Nephilim, it is the pseudopentographic books of Enoch, which we'll take a look at Enoch and several other um, sources and pseudopentographic writings. Why would these vampire covens believe vampires originated from the Nephilim? During the pre-flood era, the Nephilim had lust for blood and the Nephilim were violent beings who began to kill and to eat each other and then they begin to eat human beings and drink their blood so we're laying the foundation of um ancient sources of where the origins of vampires or the thought about vampires um come from here's the reason these vampire covens believe vampires originated from the nephilim during the pre-flood era nephilim had a lust for blood and the nephilim were violent beings who began to kill and eat each other. Then they began to eat human beings and drink blood. This is found in the pseudopentographic book of 1st Enoch chapter 7 and the pseudopentographic book of Jubilees um, chapter 7 verse 21 through 29. This may explain why in the seven Noahide laws, law um, 6 states not to eat Live animals. This may very well explain the cause of the law being in effect. The Nephilim ate both animals and human beings alive. Genesis 9 and 4 says, But the flesh with the life thereof, which is thereof, shall ye not eat. Now we will look at Acts chapter 15, verse 20. This goes back to when the apostles met at the Jerusalem. Um, Council and they wanted to decide um, what means of of endorsing or having um, the Gentiles walk in salvation with Jesus with Yeshua, with Yeshua. So they came up with certain things where the Gentiles who came in and who believed um, Yeshua being the Messiah. Um, They didn't have to keep the law. They didn't have to keep the several Jewish feasts. They didn't have to be circumcised, but certain things that in regards to faith, being baptized in water and in the spirit and repentance and all, um, they just stress that in this scripture in Acts 15, verse 20, it says, but that we write unto them, that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. So that's why we see the premise of this particular scripture. We'll move on. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, this is one of the foundation scriptures that we're looking at. And it reads, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they choose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He also is flesh. Yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth, and in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only... evil continually so we always talk about where adam and eve are in the garden of eden and they eat of the tree of knowledge um eve is deceived and beguiled by the serpent adam is just outright disobedient and they partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil their eyes are open and sin enters into the world but when we look at genesis chapter six and we look at some of the pseudo writings of the Book of Enoch and the Book of Jubilees, when these 200 angels, these which were called watchers, descended down upon Mount Hermon. Not only they begin to intermarry with um, with women; they begin to teach mankind more. Destructive methods of technology, and with witchcraft and um, drugs, which is um, pharmacia, and all these different methods, it began to accelerate the destruction of mankind, and it brought even it escalated evil within the earth. So we look at First Enoch. Chapter seven, it says each of the 200 chose a wife for himself and they began to go in unto them and to mate with them. And they taught them sorcery and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. These women became pregnant and gave birth to great giants whose height reached up to 3000 hills. These giants consumed all food, and when the men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. They also began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink blood. Then the earth laid acquisition against the lawless ones. So here we see that the Nephilim, which were offspring of these watchers, these fallen angels, they begin to consume so much stuff, then they can no longer, um, society can no longer sustain them. So then they begin to devour mankind. And we see lawlessness was very prevalent during that time. So we we can see this and we can see how things, are lining up. We move on to the book of Jubilees, um, chapter 7, verse um, 21 through 29. It's a, for owning to these three things came the flood upon the earth, namely owning to fornication, wherein the watchers against the law of the ordinance went pouring after the daughters of men and took themselves wives of all which they chose. And they made the beginnings of uncleanliness so I'm gonna stop right there, so we look in the book of Jude, it says how these angels left their first estate and they began to go after strange flesh, so we see that um celestial beings began to mate with terrestrial beings, these women, so it was something of abomination in the eyesight of god so we read on it says and they got sons the nephidim and they were all unlike. they devoured one another and the giant slew the nephil and nephil slew the, the agile and the agile mankind and one man and another and Everyone sold himself to work iniquity and to shed much blood and the earth was filled with iniquity. So in Leviticus, um, the word of God talks about the life is in the blood. Um, God sees um, blood is so precious. Even when we go back and we look at Genesis um, chapter four, where um Cain slew Abel, and it talks about how abel Abel's blood cried out from the ground from a heap break Jewish point of view um blood the word blood is um the dim or dim um which means plural, so not only it was. Abel's blood that was crying out. It was all the generations that could have came out of his loins were crying out. So even when we look um, from a side note, when women, sometimes when women have um, abortions, they abort their children, um, sometimes they can hear babies crying at night and some other things and all. So um, it's a spiritual element behind that. So we read on. And after this, they sinned against the beast and birds and all that moves and walks on the earth. And much blood was shed on the earth and every imagination and desire of men imagined vanity and evil continually. So this lines up with Genesis chapter six, verse five and. The Lord destroyed everything from off the face of the earth because of the wickedness of their deeds, and because of the blood which they had shed in the midst of the earth, he destroyed everything, and we were left, and I and you and my sons and everything that entered with us into the ark. And behold, I see your works before me, that ye do not walk in righteousness, for In the path of destruction ye have begun to walk, and ye are parting one from another, and are envious of one another, and so it comes that ye are not in harmony, my sons, each with his brother, for I see and behold the demons have begun their seduction against you, and against your children. And now I fear on your behalf, that after my death ye shall shed the blood of men upon the earth, and that ye too will be destroyed from the face of the earth. For whoso sheddeth man's blood, and whoso eateth the blood of any flesh, shall be destroyed from the earth. And there shall not be left any man that eateth blood, or sheddeth the blood of a man on the earth, nor shall there be left to him any seed of descendants living under the heaven, for into Sheol or hell shall they go and into the place of condemnation shall they descend and into the darkness of the deep shall they all be removed by the violent death. So when we look at which confirms the passages that we read from um F- first Enoch chapter 7 and um book of Jubilees chapter 7 um verse 21 through 29 um page 2 of real vampires not stalkers and creatures from the dark side by Brad steger he states this and he confirms this he says since the watchers manifested on earth as angels the Watchers were beings of spirit essence rather than of flesh and blood. What these fallen ones invaded the earth needed from humans was their blood and their flesh so that they might become corporal beings and the Watchers and the Nephilim were the first real vampires to exploit humankind. They continue today to feed on the life force of humans and both their blood and their spirit. Once in the physical bodies, the fallen angels taught their human lives to cast various spells and to practice the arts of enchantment. They imparted to the women the lore of plants and the properties of certain roots. Samadja did not neglect human men, teaching them how to manufacture weapons and tools of destruction. So um, we again, we're seeing the foundation of the connection of the Nephilim and vampires. The first Enoch sixteen and one reads, and when the giants die and their spirits leave their bodies, their flesh will decay without judgment. In this way, the race will cease to exist until the great judgment, in which the age will be wholly cost- consummated over the watchers and the godless. So we're about ready to enter into the section where um, these the Nephilim were destroyed, primarily the, uh, most uh, a large amount of them um, devoured themselves and killed themselves, um, killed each other in the process, but the flood came in. Partially one of the reasons why God brought judgment into the world was to wipe these bastard spirits off the face of the earth these illegitimate abominations because they were they became demonoid they were half angelic half human so they weren't created in the image and likeness of god like man was so they were abominations. so eventually these beings became what we call now today are demons who um, walk the face of the earth so when we move on to first enoch Chapter 15 and verses 8 through 12. It says, my judgment for the giants is that since they are born of flesh, they will be called evil spirits and will remain on the earth because they were created from above and from the holy watchers at their death. The spirits will come forth from their bodies and dwell on the earth. They will be called evil spirits. The heavenly spirits will dwell in the heavens, but the terrestrial spirits who were born on the earth will dwell on the earth. The evil spirits of the giants will be like clouds and they will afflict, corrupt, tempt and battle and work destruction on the earth and do evil. They will not eat nor drink, but be invisible. They will rise up against the children of men and against women because they have proceeded from them. So when we're looking at this, um, this kind of gives you a clue. When we look at Ephesians 6 and 12, when it talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, wrestle against high level spirits. So these angels that followed Lucifer who who fell they dwell in the heavens more or less the 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 second heavens but then you have these disembodied spirits of the giants which became demons dwell upon on the earth now when you look at these 200 watchers these 200 fallen angels who who cohabitated with these women they were sent to be imprisoned to the time of judgment into the abyss so those are different fallen angels and also too which uh we'll look at that these angels not these angels but these demons were inflicting uh, mankind after Noah came off from the ark and the sons of Noah and their descendants were being um plagued and terrorized by these demons so God God put some of these demons away to not terrorize man but at the end of the age we can see that even in Revelation chapter 8 where um I believe it's Apollyon or Abaddon goes and has the key to open up the abyss and we see Uh, escalation of even more evil because you have these evil spirits that are in prison that are being released during a great tribulation period. And then also too, you have Satan and some of his cohorts are cast out, finally cast out from the heaven and they hit the earth. That's another study within itself. So when we go over to Matthew chapter 12, Verse 43 through 45, and it says, When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, and swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. So Jesus is saying, verse 43, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, walking in dry places um, from ancient Judaism, how they saw dry places or desert places uh, dwelling of, Demons. So when we move on, we look at um, Psalm 68 and 6. It says, God sitteth the solidarity in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So demon spirits dwell in a dry land. Um, When we look at the essence of what Jesus says um, about the Holy Spirit, the connotations of the Holy Spirit being symbolic our water being symbolic of the holy spirit um, when jesus yeshua says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water so when you don't have the flow of the spirit of god flowing in your life um, you have and you're dry um, you you're inviting demonic oppression um, being influenced by demons and even possibly um, demon possession when you allow certain things, you open up certain things, um, in the spirit realm that's forbidden and you overstep boundaries and you legally allow these spirits to invade your life. So that's the danger of, uh, um, people who are so fascinated with the dark side and fascinated with reading, um, this literature about vampires and watching these shows and, um, start getting caught up into the occult it starts off fine because you seem like you're you're gaining power and other things and all but the minute that they ensnare you and they 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 um, deceive you then they trap you they enslave you and then they they really cause a lot of harm and other things um, to you so when we look at mark chapter 5 Verse 1 through 12, this is talking about legions um, who Jesus comes in contact with. This man was bound with chains and he dwelt amongst um, the cemeteries, uh, amongst tombs. It says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of uh, the gardens. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. So he was, he was crying. He was, in a place where he was fascinated with death. Um, even when we look at people who are fascinated with vampire culture, um, they're fascinated with the darkness of it and death and other things and all. Um, he was cutting himself, which is a form of bloodletting, which we'll get back, we'll get into in part two of the series. And he had super natural strength. So we see when individuals are demon possessed, they can exhibit supernatural strength and they can exhibit also supernatural knowledge also too, which we'll see when we read more into this passage of scripture. It says, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshiped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I do to thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. So this is where the supernatural, now this, this man being, even though demon-possessed in the spirit, he knew who Jesus was because he acknowledged him as the son of the most high God. He says, verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him, and that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and All the devils beside him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. So demon spirits, they desire to have and to have re-embodiment. So they if they can possess a human body, they will possess animals, which we can see in scripture. So um, they were once had a body, but that body being destroyed and the judgment of them to roam the earth and to torment, to deceive and and portray mankind, they still have the desire to enter into a body. So there's a difference between a devil, which is a fallen angel and a demon, which is um, a manifestation of um, uh, being half human, half angelic and um, the body's being destroyed. One of the most popular things um, I've seen, I remember years ago writing this in um, a blog that I have, is a vampire in Texas attacks a woman. Um, Lyle Monroe Bensley of Galveston, Texas, broke into a woman's apartment and attacked her while screaming about being a vampire, police said. Um, The Houston Chronicle reported that Bensley slipped into the women's um, bedroom early Saturday morning of August 13, 2012 and made a growling, hissing noise while biting and hitting her. So he was biting and hitting her. We can kind of see how, how when legions was in the tombs, he was gnashing himself, biting himself and other things. And also this man is definitely driven by demons. Uh, when we look at the New York Daily News and its article, it says Texas man attacks bites woman while claiming to be a vampire. He said he needed to feed and cops stated the following. The tattooed freak, clad only in a pair of boxer shorts, then dragged the woman out of the apartment before she broke free and jumped into the car of a passing neighbor. The police told the paper. Cops who responded to the scene at around 7 a.m. found the gothic goon screaming and growling in the building's parking lot and arrested him, the Chronicles reported. He began He was begging us to restrain him because he didn't want to kill us, Galveston Officer Daniel Eckerson said. He said he needed to feed. Eckerson said that Bensley was babbling about his blood-sucking bona fides on the way to the lockup. Says, I'm a vampire and I'm alive for over 500 years, Bensley shouted, according to Erickson. Bensley was booked on burglary and assault charges and held with a $40,000 bond. Medics said he didn't appear to be on drugs during the incident, according to the police. The woman was not identified, and the police said Bensley did not know her. So he's claiming that he's 500 years old. This is is demonic possession that's taking place. Um, We move back um, at least... um, That happened back in 2012. So we looked like 16 years before that, the 1996 vampire clan of um, Rob Farrell. Um, We read, we go back to the 1990s to see the effects of vampire cults amongst teens. A prime example was Rob Farrell. He was a teen vampire from Murray, Kentucky, and the leader of a gang of teenagers called the Vampire Clan in the 1990s. mid-1990s. Similar to Lyle Monroe uh, on Bensley, Farrell told police that he was a 500-year-old vampire named Fazago, and then at other times he would claim he was uh, a 60,000-year-old. Farrell was a charismatic um, leader that encouraged his gang to practice bloodletting, um, dressing in black clothes, playing strange Role playing games, mutilate animals, drink each other's blood, and eventually committed murder. Pharaoh and his followers on November 25, 1996, in Estes, Florida, murdered Naomi Ruth and Richard Windorf. Um, they were the father and mother of Pharaoh's longtime friend, Heather Windorf. He was helping her to run away from home by killing them. And eventually, Pharaoh was convicted of first-degree murder and became the youngest person ever sentenced to death row in the United States. Two years later, and the courts overturned his death sentence um, and just turned it from a death sentence to life in prison. Uh, Pharaoh, besides stating that he was a 500-year-old, Vampire named Fasago claimed that he was the Antichrist. So these spirits that were possessing Rod Pharaoh were deceiving him, telling him all these lies, um, making him assume that he acquired all these supernatural powers and that he had this vampire clan. He's leading all these um, young people in this group. It shows that Satan is a deceiver. Um, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And eventually this young young man, which he's not a young man anymore, is spending life in prison. So when we get an update, um, just last year, April 20th of 2020, um, Farrell and his attorneys lost his bid in Florida court to have his life sentence reduced in a 55-page decision written by Circuit Judge G. Richard Singletary in Lake County and posted online April 7th concluded Farrell, now 40, was not entitled to relief granted to other teen killers in light of the 2016 U.S. Supreme Court ruling that said a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole for a juvenile is cruel and unusual punishment. The judge concluded Farrell, now 40, is irreparably corrupt. Despite the recent changes in the law, life is still an appropriate sentence for a juvenile who committed murder if the facts and circumstances justify Secretary wrote in his order, in this case, the facts of a double homicide of Richard Windorf and Naomi Ruth Queen, as well as the armed robbery and armed, armed burglary and armed robbery are among the most appalling. It's obvious that when we look back and looking at Lyle Monroe Bensley was demon possessed, Just look at his statements um, and his actions. We can see that he stated out loud that he's a 500 year old vampire and that he needed to feed and his actions were violent in an attempt to bite this woman while making growling and hissing noises. And we noticed that the medics stated that he wasn't even on drugs. So the police didn't even think he was on drugs. It's definitely this young man was overtaken by a demonic spirit. Similar to Bensley, we can see that Pharaoh told um, people that he was a 500-year-old vampire named Fazago, and then at other times he claimed he was a 60,000-year-old. So we see how the these Nephilim spirits, they want to have embodiment um, to express themselves, um, to have certain feelings and do certain things, and they they use a lot of People in the occult, when you make you open up yourself to these demon spirits, you're almost like a puppet where they're pulling the strings and you're no longer in control. They're in control. And you give them an inch, they'll take a whole mile. Let's look at some of the folk um, beliefs of vampires. The notion of vampirism has existed for a millennium. Cultures such as the Mesopotamians, um, Hebrews, ancient Greeks, Romans, Tells tales of demons and spirits, which are considered precursors to modern vampires. However, despite the occurrence of vampire-like creatures in these ancient civilizations, folklore for the entity we know today as vampires originates almost exclusively from early 18th century southeastern Europe, when verbal traditions of many ethnic groups of the region were recorded and published, In most cases, vampires are the revents of evil beings, suicide victims or witches, but they can also be created by benevolent spirit possessing a corpse or being bitten by a vampire. The belief in such legends became so pervasive that in some areas it caused mass hysteria, even public execution of people and believed to be vampires. So when we look at vampire myths from around the world, there are many different vampire myths around the world from traditional Dracula style vampires to some that are more unusual folklore and tribal myths. One of the first mentions of vampire type creatures was Babylonian and Assyrian civilization. Vampires had a prominent place in Mesopotamian mythology. So when we look at Jewish and Babylonian myths of vampires, Uh, One that we can look at is Lilith or Lilithu. This vampire was found to drink the blood of babies and young children. When we move on, uh, we look at uh, another myth or legend of vampires in Mesopotamia, which was Utuku. This species of vampires was first mentioned in Mesopotamian epic Gilgamesh. U'utu was created when a person died before he could fulfill an obligation, causing his soul to become bound to his corpse, creating a revent. Usually found in deserted places or in a desert and in mountains along the seashore, it kills by making direct eye contact with the person absorbing his life energy, also known as energy vampires. As time passed, these ancient species of vampires became thought more of as demons. So we can see this in the Encyclopedia of Vampire Mythology, page 139. From this vast pantheon, the closest equivalent of the true vampire in ancient Mesopotamian mythology were the seven evil spirits described in the poem quoted by R. Campbell Thompson that begins with the line, Seven are they, seven are they, the spirits that minish the heaven and earth, that minish the land, and spirits that minish the land, O giant strength of the giant strength and the giant tread, demons like raging bulls, great ghosts, ghosts that break through all houses, demons that have no shame, seven are they knowing no care. They grind and the land like corn, knowing no mercy. They rage against mankind. They spill their blood like rain, devouring their flesh and sucking their veins. They are demons full of vines, ceaselessly devouring blood. So this gives you a clue of how these original spirits, the very foundation of these Nephilim, really had a thirst of blood. Uh, When we move on to some of of the myths in Africa, the Adiz is a sorcerer among the EU tribe in southeastern Ghana and southern Togo in Africa, were often thought by the tribe folks to be possessed by a vampire spirit known as the Adiz. These vampires had the appearance of Firefly and flies around preying on young children, drinking their blood, but also drink water and palm oil. If caught, it will revert to human form. We move on and we look at the impudulu. The witches in Eastern Cape region keep these vampire creatures as servants, which they use to attack their enemies. The Impululu is passed down from mother to daughter in the witch's family, and rather, like the incubus, is able to transform into a handsome male and seduce its witch mistress. This vampire is thought to possess an insatiable appetite for blood and will drain its victims to the point of death if it allowed to do so. And we move to German folklore and myths. Um, The Alp, this creature is similar in behavior to the Incubus, as its victims are generally women which attacks at night, drinking milk from their nipples and causing them to have horrible nightmares, although it will also drink blood from the nipples of men and young children. The Alp is generally believed to be a demon, although there are accounts in which they occur as spirits of recently deceased relations. There are also instances which state that children may become an alp if the mother suffers from a long and painful childbirth and is forced to use a horse collar to ease the pain. It can also appear in animal form, linking it with the werewolf myths, and can fly like a bird, and like the mar, will ride a horse to exhaustion. Somewhat comically, the alp is said to wear a hat almost all of its manifestations. Then we move on to India um, and its myths and lores of vampires. Um, Kali, this is a vampiric, vampiric um, goddess, possessed a terrifying countenance and was said to appear on battlefields during the long and bloody wars and her skin was charred black in tone and her eyes and eyebrows were blood red and she had an extremely long tongue with which she became drunk on the blood of her victim. So um, the group that where we get the word thugs, the thuggies, this is the God, they worship the God Kali and um, they the thuggies would rob people and 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 murder people um, under the inspiration of this goddess. So we see that this goddess represents um, a vampire. Now, when we look at another Indian um, vampire myth as the Rakashisha, these beautiful female vampires would appear to men and lure them to their death, but they will also attack babies and pregnant women to drink their blood. So this concludes part one um in part two of uh, vampires demons and spirits of the nephilim we will discuss how pop culture with television movies and books are one of the main things driving and inspiring this revival of the occult we'll also look at the occult practice of bloodletting and drinking blood plays a significant role in occult rituals and we'll also will look at real life vampires that need to feed on um, blood. God bless. This is the End Time Shelf for End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. Have a blessed evening.